Welcome everyone to Love My Sheep and this is season seven episode two. If you've been tuning in you are aware that season seven will consist of sermons from my dad. They are uh, Jacob Thomas. They are not in any uh, particular order of when they have been delivered. This sermon is from July 24th 2005 and it is a sermon preached on Joseph uh, titled lie with me and I apologize for the static that comes into the sermon halfway through um, I couldn't do much about it so uh, I apologize for that thank you shall we pray once more Lord we look to you Pray that you speak to us. We thank you that you are a God who speaks to us from the dawn to the dusk. And we thank you for your word that is established forever in the heavenly places. And Lord, as I stand before your people, may my tongue be anointed that I will say only the things that your people need to hear. Pray that you open our hearts and speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, like Pastor Jeff said in this morning, you know, sometimes, or all, almost all the times, it's hard for the preachers to know what message the church needs. The only message the church needs is Jesus Christ. That's very true. But some, you know, it's usually a big choice. You know, what should I speak? And I was given this assignment. What, you know, what Bible words, what subject, what theme? Many things comes through your mind, those who know what it is to preach. And I was struggling in my mind. I had a few things set aside. And it was on Friday morning I decided what I was going to speak on. And I don't want to talk too much about me. Anyway, this is what the Lord wants me to present before you. Uh, and usually, like Pastor Jeff said, this evening service is kind of geared towards the young people. Now, tonight, young people, uh, the not-so-young people are more here. And uh, we need the message. I don't know if I'm the oldest person here. I'm not looking at Brother Caleb there. <laughs> Okay, other than him, I could be the oldest person here. But I need the message just the same as the young people. I don't know where we get this idea that only the young people need the teaching. Young and old alike, we all need the teaching. I know for sure I do need the teaching. Now, when it comes to that, you know, if you listen carefully to the message this morning, 
past just towards the end used one word repeatedly anybody remember what that was passion you know that's not a popular word we live in a world everything is wishy-washy you know take it as it comes that's okay is hardly anyone cared to have a passion for something you know a passion for the reality a passion for the truth so tonight i want to speak to you about a young man who had a passion a young man who had a dream a vision an idea you know that's very rare in these days that's the day we live in that's the spirit of the age you cannot blame anyone for those kind of thing we we are a product of this age but we as christians the lord has given us a dream now maybe you guys saw already who this man is he is found in the first book of the bible okay his name is joseph so joseph you know the story very well so i don't want to read all of it it starts from genesis chapter 37 i think and you know he was the son of jacob's favorite wife the wife whom he passionately loved for whom he served 14 years in you know Joseph and Benjamin and Jacob being Jacob you know showed favoritism and he loved this boy Joseph and you know he gave he made a coat of many colors you know i used to think that must be you know a lot of patchwork and you know many colors you know actually what that means is a, a a lining you know an embroidery on his cloak a robe and joseph was the only boy who had a robe you know a loose you know you might have seen the pictures of the old kings and the priest if you are from the uh, roman catholic or orthodox persuasion you know the priest wear the long robe and joseph gave this coat i mean jacob gave this coat of many colors to his son and when you wear a loose cloth that means you are not going to do any manual labor that's what it is actually you know is You know all the others had this half skirt like thing wrapped around but joseph had this beautiful coat that means he is not to do the menial job the others would do that and then you know this is what we are now when we think about joseph that's what you are the lord has given you a robe of righteousness of christ now you have it you know 
as we learned in our Sunday school this morning, we got to have our eyes open, enlightened, understanding to see that robe. You are wearing that robe of righteousness. You think that you just put on something, you know, from your wardrobe this evening and came here. Actually, you, the, your father has given you a robe of righteousness. And when you have the robe of righteousness, you are different from the other kids around you, even in your family. And because you are a chosen one, you have a dream. And your dream, the world out there don't appreciate. You know, as we read uh, in, um, uh, in the book of Genesis, in, you know, we, we read that when Joseph, in the 37th chapter, you know, he came and reported to his father some bad report he brought. You know, 37 and 2. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. What else do you want to be hated by your siblings? You come and report, tell on them. But see, this is what you and I are called for. You know, many things, when the world look at it, they don't find anything wrong with it. But when a child of God looks at the same thing, he knows it is wrong. And naturally, what you do is you don't tell them, okay? There are times that you tell them, and mostly you don't tell them. You go and tell your father. This report is brought to the father. So Joseph brought this bad report to his father, and, you know, and then you know the things went really bad. See, the brothers turned against him. And one day, he was only 17 years old at the time, they saw him, the dreamer is coming. Okay? The world hates the dreamers. The world hates the ones who walk around with robe of righteousness. What they try to do 24 hours of the day, seven days of the week, is to get this robe from him. And the brothers decided, they counseled together and said, we will damn him in the pit. And we will take this coat. Okay. And stain it with the blood. Take it to our dad and tell him, your favorite son is God. That's the world tries to do every moment of your life, young people and the older people. They try to put you in the pit, and then they decided, no, that's not right. You know, Reuben was a kind-hearted brother. Then they found some merchants, some Ishmaelites coming in their camels. You know, that those days, the slave trade was very uh, flourishing, you know. 
they sold him for 20 pieces of silver. And you just see how the Lord leads his people. Then he was brought to the slave market. And then Potiphar, the governor of Egypt, you know, the second in command of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, look at this Hebrew boy and says, yeah, you, you must be a good one for me. He buys him and take him to his house and he liked everything about Joseph and you know the story. You think the trouble is over? Christian, believer, don't you ever think your troubles are over? Cold comfort, isn't it? The other day, a sister came, you know, right here on, I think it was last Monday, and tried to tell all her, you know, difficulties. You know, sometimes, you know, it's, and when people come and tell me their difficulties is, it's like the pot calling kettle black. You know, I have gone through all kinds of difficulties in my life. So when I hear people saying that, I told this dear sister, you know, what I say is what I don't like to say. The worst is yet to come. Joseph was in that darkness for less than 24 hours in the pit. And when they pulled him out, he thought that was over. Then they sold him and that long journey on the camel's back, that's not an easy ride. All the way to Egypt, the Bible says down to Egypt. Okay. Went down to Egypt and sold in the market. And then finally I got a break. I'm in the beautiful palace, the best palace in the world in those days. Everything. Plenty, plenty to eat, plenty games to play and everything. And the uh, Bible says Joseph found favor in the sight of Potiphar. And then he made him ruler of everything. Everything belongs to you. What a life in the palace. You know, Joseph could have said, now look. My brothers wanted to destroy me, but my God has sustained me and brought me to a better place than where they live, <laughs> with the sheep and the cattle. Okay. Now, he didn't think that. He was a dreamer. He was the great-grandson of Abraham. He knew the covenant God made with Abraham. He knew his God. There was no Ten Commandments given to him in those days. But he knew his God. And you know the story. Potiphar's wife had an eye on this handsome young man. 
remember Egyptians in those days were very permissive people like we are today. It wasn't a big deal for her. He found this young man. And this is what I want to leave with you today. There are chapter 30. Thirteen, you know, Genesis chapter thirty-nine. Let me see. Thirty-nine verse seven and eight. I don't want to read the whole thing. The last three words of verse 7. Lie with me. And the first three words of verse 8. But he refused. I might say many things tonight as the Lord leads me. But even if I, even if I go astray in my carnal thinking and in my flesh, I want you to remember these six words. Lie with me, but he refused. Here I'm not talking about the literal meaning of it. Here I'm not talking about a, an attractive woman trying to seduce a young man. I want you to think spiritually. As you go out from this beautiful spiritual surroundings, when you go to your work tomorrow morning, whatever you are doing, the world out there is trying to seduce you with these Three little words, lie with me. Now remember in the story, we are not talking about a homely, unattractive wife of some Tom, Dick, and Harry out there. You're talking about a beautiful princess with all the makeup and everything that you can imagine of. And she comes and tells this young man from a strange country, no one to give account for. He's all alone, independent, could do anything he wants. And nobody is going to watch him. And what an opportunity to get gain. What an opportunity to establish his position. Found favor with the husband of this great man of power. Now his wife loves me and what a chance. Look how God rewards me. That's not what he thought about it. You know how many times I think like that. 
when the worldly blessing comes to me how many times i think yes this is what the lord gives me go and lie with it take it enjoy it the world out there how many things to give us many pleasures many satisfactions and they all come when we are in our low point but he refused you know the reason why he refused was going back joseph could ask god where are you i'm innocent you know as as i read this story i keep wondering the attitude of a child of god he could have been bitter towards his brothers i did nothing wrong he could have been always thinking about them why did they do it didn't reuben or simeon or judah this you know my brothers didn't one of them have any sense <clears throat> how could they do it to their father nothing of that sort you know the reason is in 39th chapter verse 2 we read the lord was with joseph the lord is with you in the darkness in the lord is when with you when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death the lord is with you when you are sick and your problem cannot be diagnosed by the doctor The Lord is with you when you think that everything around you is crumbling. The Lord is with you. The Lord was with Joseph and the Lord is with you. Now as we learned in Sunday school, you are his inheritance. Oh, that's beautiful. The Lord is with you see joseph found favor okay see, to be brought up you have to be cast down okay joseph is an entire message this is an old this is not an old story in the book of joseph this is an end time message joseph is an end time message elijah is an end time message and job is so okay now the life of joseph is a message for us it is the discipleship it's a preparation it is as well as if it if you want to call it to the young people now young people don't misunderstand we are all young in our spiritual life you're young in age we are no better than you we are all young people growing up in the lord and in that growing up the lord is trying to prepare us 
to make us to the maturity of Christ. And what the Holy Spirit does in our life is to get us into the fellowship of his suffering. We don't like it. We love the crown. He cannot give you the crown unless you go through the cross. You and I have to suffer with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a fellowship in his suffering. You know, the, the life of Joseph is a revelation in crisis. You know, you have heard, you know, the political scientists say the power corrupts and, and you know, and the absolute power corrupts absolutely and so on. You know, in spiritual life, the crisis reveals and the absolute crisis reveals absolutely. It is the crisis that reveals what you are, who you are, what is in you. We can all say amen and hallelujah very easily. But when we hit, when we face a crisis, that's when we realize what's in us. It reveals so our life, Christian life, is always a collision between light and darkness, the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. These are going to be revealed when we go through crisis. There is no neutral ground. There's only two positions, those who walk with God and reflect his holiness, and those who take a lesser path. Walk through God and reflect His holiness. Okay. See, believing is a commitment unto death. Believers are brought down to Egypt. In our Bible, always have the the Holy Spirit always put down these beautiful words. You know, when you read about, you know, this uh, man who went down to Jericho from Jerusalem. Okay. And he went down to Egypt. Not went up to Egypt. Went down. See, it's the place of trial and testing and isolation. The Lord brings us there. The Lord fashions our soul, enables us to know him. Now, lie with me, but he refused. Have you been receiving seductive call? I don't know what seductive call you are receiving. Not necessarily from a woman. Spiritually, we get that call every now and then. It gets louder and louder. The enticing spirit of the age. When that call comes, Satan will whisper to you, 
you got it coming. You deserve it. Every man has a right. Joseph, after all, you are a young man. You have the right to enjoy like any other young Egyptian here. No doubt you are a foreigner here, but don't you have hormones? Don't you? Aren't you like other people? Rationalization. Compromising. Oh, the Lord understands. After all, it will rebound to the benefit of all. But Joseph's response, maybe my response and your response in our life, but he refused. How different. No, we are told every kind of act is permissible. Do it, have it, live it, have the luxury. Engage your sense. Now that's the spirit of Babylon. 39.9 He says. How can then I do this great wickedness. And sin against God. That's the awesome fear of God. It is the fear of God that helps us to make decisions. Affirmation of being in the presence of God. Now, like I say, you often, another two nice Latin word, corum deo. Before the face of God. We got to live as if we are before the face of God. Enoch walked with God. The priests are called to walk before God. We, you, and I are royal priesthood. Our calling is to walk before God. Remember that every moment of our life. How can I sin against God? How can I do this great wickedness? When we live before God, we have that prevailing thought of the holiness of God. The world says, loosen your tie and allow all kinds of indulgence. Bible says, the scripture says, be ye separate. Verse 10 says, he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. See, refusal is not easy. Saying no is not easy thing. Second Corinthians 16, 17, and 18 says, Come out of them. Be ye separate. 
fatherhood of God is not some good sounding a simple doctrine the fatherhood of god comes by the presence of the holy spirit and when we read 39 11 to 15 i don't want to read all that for lack of time but you know the story it happened about this time joseph went into the house to do his work and then she come and tells him again lie with me but he loved his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside that's not his shirt remember that that's the shawl that he had he left it with her and ran you know commitment to god means shame that's not easy it's actually nakedness left the cloth with her the garment and joseph's garment is in the hand of potiphar's wife that's the consequence of innocence but the lord was with joseph is put in jail you know the story again chapter 40 we read that he had two friends day pharaoh's butler and baker now those are very high positions remember that they did something wrong and they were put in jail joseph had company what did joseph talk about he didn't say oh no i didn't do anything wrong i was innocent I'm pure in my thoughts and words and deeds and I don't know why he did it to me and nothing of that sort you know to conclude the message in another 15 minutes if you are awake okay interpreted their dreams you know how many times you tell the world about your dreams you know see your dream is that people know jesus isn't it how many butlers and bakers heard your testimony they went home and never paid any heed butler and baker they promised okay we will remember you one was killed the other one was rewarded but did he remember no see our testimony is not always appreciated okay sometimes some of them listen to us carefully show some interest in it and we go home thinking oh my i got through to her or to him but they forget Then there is another big uh, dream in chapter two, forty-one, and forty-one verse eight. We read that he was troubled. The king was troubled at this dream. We are coming to such an hour. Spiritual meaning of it.
kings and the powers to be of this world are going to be troubled. They are going to see a dream and they don't understand what this dream is all about. And they are going to look all around in their country, their culture, their computers, and their knowledge, their economic system, and how can we solve it? That's coming. Everything around us tells us. The world is going to look for some magician who can solve this problem. Call all the wise men of his land. Now tell me I'm troubled. I don't remember my dream. Tell me. They say, that's impossible, king. If you tell us the dream, we can interpret it. Oh, the world out there is being troubled and they are coming to that ripe stage. Like the Pharaoh of Egypt. Egypt in the Bible, the Old Testament, is, signifies the world. And this world and the rulers of this world are going to forget their dream. Joseph never forgot his dream. But the people of this world are going to forget. And they are going to look around. Who can solve this mystery? And then the butler remember, I know that Hebrew who is in jail. I know that Christian who is underground. I know that Christian who is despised. I know the spirit of God is within him. He can interpret your dream, your Lord. A day is coming. The world will realize that. In that moment of confusion. They realized. That young man. In the prison. And you no. Know, Verse 14, chapter 41. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. And what did Joseph do? He shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. Christian, you and I don't have to cringe before the powers to be of this world. He can have a clean shave, put on the cloth and stand erect, look right into the eyes of Pharaoh and say, here I am. I'm not just a slave boy as you think. I'm a chosen person, child of God. And verse, he stood Pharaoh his integrity not shaken. And verse 16, 41, chapter 41, it says, So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It's not in me. Oh, we got to learn to say that. It's not in me. I don't have the solution. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the know-how or the skill. 
It's not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. You know, the trouble is, if you're like me, many times I think I have the answer. Many times I pretend I have the answer. Many times I put on a show before the people of the world as if I have the wisdom, as if I'm smart to know God. As if I'm something special. It's not. It's not in me. I'm only a man. But it's in God. And I know this God can give you an answer of peace. World, you found an answer in God, not in Christians. And again, remember, Christians are the channels through which God reveals. Don't get me wrong there. It's not in man. God is preparing a people to stand like Joseph. That's what you young people and older people, that's what we are. That's why we are here tonight on this nice summer Sunday night evening. That's why you're not in the park enjoying a nice walk. You are here because God is preparing a Joseph. God wants a Joseph to stand before the Pharaoh. And Paul says to Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 2, 7 to 10, we speak wisdom of God in a mystery not of this world, the world to not know it. It is revealed to us by the Spirit. The answer is not in me. The Lord gave. The Lord gave. Why? So that men would not perish. A loving God. In his eternal love, loved the Egyptians. He didn't want them to perish. He knew there was a famine coming. Seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. Everyone, cattle and humans, everyone is going to die of starvation. Our God doesn't We are so precious in his sight. He looks at us and don't see this frail body of ours. He looks at us and says, these are my inheritance. These are my precious jewels. These are the apple of my eyes. 
You know, I was telling in Sunday school, maybe I should tell that here too. See, we are the inheritance of God. God inherited us. You know, we, you know what's an inheritance. You know, your rich uncle leaves you his SUV. Okay? And as he passes his driver, he looks at his SUV and say, that's going to be mine. But there's a problem. My uncle is still alive. Okay. The day he dies, I got it. Got my SUV. That's an excitement, isn't it? Not uncle's death, but inheriting that SUV. Depends on who your uncle is. Huh? <laughs> See, that's, a, that's, a, that's a just a poor example to let us think how God is looking at us. You know, the inheritance. Hey, this is my precious right. This is what I have inherited. Jesus says to the Father, Father, you know, we read that in uh, Hebrew. Here are my brothers whom you have given me. You know, that's a feeling. And Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he, he sent the Holy Spirit to work in us. And the Holy Spirit is working in us. And Jesus looks down at us and he's rejoicing. He's making us acceptable to him. Some of us will go through the way of death and he's so happy. My child has come to me. And some of us may live long till he comes to gather up his inheritance. Either way, our father is so delighted in our salvation in our life. Joseph says, it's in God. See, the one crucial question after saying all this is, okay, when we go out from this beautiful surroundings, from the fellowship of the like-minded people, the pharaohs out there are looking Man who has the Spirit of God. Can we find such a one as this in whom is the Spirit of God? Are you a man or a woman in whom the Spirit of God is? That's far more than religion. Separated from the Spirit of this age. And when we are... It will bring us to places we never expected to be. It will bring us to places where we don't want to be. I'm not saying we should expect those hardships. Some of us won't have any hardship at all. Some Christians, I watch their life, they have everything smooth, 
be going. And there are others who have all trouble every day of their lives. Is one better than the other? I don't know. I don't think they both are precious to God. Some can take it and some cannot. Some can through, go through the fire, there are others who cannot. Some can through the flood, there are others who cannot. That's up to God. But what we need is to know in the place of great extremity, we discover the power of God. Not our own ability. And Philippians 1 and 21 says, to me, to live is Christ. See, God gains vessels through whom he can speak. That's the key. The Lord wants to speak to the Egyptians. And the Lord wants to provide for the Hebrews. The children of Jacob. That's what you and me are for. That's our dream. You know, I don't have time to read Psalm 105. There's so much in there, again, about Joseph. So you can read that when you get home. Psalm 105. It talks you know, so much there. Moreover, he called for a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provisions of bread. There comes a time. God breaks the staff of bread in King James, old King James. God breaks the provision of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetish. He was laid in irons until the time that, was, that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. You know, what I wanted to say from here is, you know, he was laid in iron. His soul came into iron in the margin it says. Sometimes God wants to make you an iron. Your soul. A strong. And that's why he lets you go through what you are going through. And that's what your dream is. I, I'm finished here now. Be a dreamer. Have a vision. Stand for it. Never say, I have the answer. Say all the time, my God has an answer. The Holy Spirit has an answer. And remember, he loves you. I don't want to... Uh, continue too much. I know that you are all getting tired. And 
you know, personally, I appreciate some of you are here for three meetings, Sunday school, morning service, and evening time. God bless you. I met someone after the service last night when we went for a walk uh, in Promenade Park. I met a man who used to come to this church, and I told him, why can't you come sometime? Then he said, you know one thing? Logos is the only church where there is an evening service. Is that true? That's what I heard from him. I know many churches I thought were, you know, oh, something to be happy about, isn't it? Then again, it's not us because the Lord loves us so much and he wants us to be here. He wants to feed us. He wants, uh, wants to make our heart an iron. And I want to leave these six words again. When you go out from here, the world will seduce you, telling lies with me. Enjoy the pleasures of this world. But let's say like Joseph or like the Holy Spirit tells about Joseph. But he refused. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, know that I love you and the Lord loves you the most.